0: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolnes. Well, coming up, we're guest-free here on this episode of Eye on the Enemy, but I'm going to take you deep into the Carolina Panthers, who sit at 3-1 as the Eagles at 1-3. Travel down to Carolina for a 425 kickoff between these two teams in a game that I think is going to actually be a pretty good game this week uh, between uh, a team that we expected to struggle this year, the Panthers, who are doing surprisingly well against an Eagles team that has looked good at times, but has had a tough schedule so far. And this appears to be one of the few games over the next month or so that I think the Eagles have a real good shot at winning. So uh, let's dive right in and let's talk about this Carolina Panthers team that Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and the rest of the crew will be battling on Sunday afternoon down in Carolina. So uh, I, like I mentioned, the Panthers entered this Sunday afternoon at 3-1. and They started off the season 3-0 and with wins over the Jets, Saints, and Texans. And then they lost for the first First time this year, last week, against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, 36-28. to Now, so far on the season, Carolina's offense is 11th in scoring. Compare that to the Eagles, who are tied for 17th, so they're putting some points on the board. Mostly doing it through the air, 9th in passing so far this year, just 19th in rushing. Now, part of that is because of running back Christian McCaffrey. He missed last week's game with an injury. There was some talk uh, coming into the week that uh, McCaffrey might be able to go. The latest injury report that came out on Friday has McCaffrey listed as doubtful for the Eagles game on Sunday afternoon. So that would be a huge boon to the Eagles in that uh, they would be without their best player, essentially, the Carolina Panthers, without Christian McCaffrey. So it's looking like McCaffrey will not play on Sunday afternoon. That is is the big news Um, on offense. The Panthers have given up 11 sacks in four games so far this year, ninth, most in the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Defensively, This is where Carolina's strength lies. They are third in scoring defense in the league, the Eagles 22nd by comparison. This is a Carolina team that will blitz a lot 40.9% of the time, second most in the NFL, only behind the Buccaneers. They have 14 sacks on the season. Only the Bears have more with 15. And so far, Carolina has given up just 156.5 passing yards per game this year. That is second best in the NFL. They're only giving up 95 yards on the ground, which ranks 10th. So Carolina bolstered by a much better than expected defense this year and Matt rules team with a Carolina Panthers team that is doing pretty well with Sam Darnold as their quarterback acquired from the J- from the Jets in a trade during the offseason. He got off to a hot start in those uh, first three wins of the season, but did not play as well last week against Dallas. His 95.4 quarterback rating ranks 20th in the NFL. So, The QBR does not necessarily reflect how well he played in the first three weeks of the the season. Uh, He only has five touchdowns on the year with three interceptions. He's thrown for 1,189 yards with a 67.8% completion percentage. Last week against the Cowboys, he threw for 305 with two touchdowns, but also two killer interceptions for an 85.5 passer rating. Trayvon Diggs picked him off twice in that game. He was not helped by his offensive line. Uh, The uh, Panthers' offensive line allowed five sacks, and Darnold was hit 11 times in the game. Uh, Darnold is not a star. He needs a clean pocket. He needs to be able to move around a little bit in the pocket and find his receivers. He did not have the opportunity to do that against Dallas um, last week, and so uh, the Panthers' uh, quarterback uh, was under a lot of duress, um, and that could be a good matchup for an Eagles defensive line that has struggled to generate pass rush uh, from the edges uh, with Brandon Graham out. We haven't seen anything from Derek Barnett. Ryan Kerrigan has been invisible. Fletcher Cox has been invisible. Really, you've had one player on the defensive line, which was supposed to be a massive strength of this team. You've had one player who's really having an impact, and that's Javon Hargrave. I I think Josh Sweat came up and played a little bit better last week, but I think we were all expecting maybe a little bit more from the, than what we've gotten from, from Josh Sweat so far here this season. And so the defensive line really needs to start doing their part. This is one of the reasons the defense has been getting gashed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, This is, again, a Panthers offensive line that allowed their quarterback to get hit 11 times. So uh, look for Hargrave to continue his dominant play. He has five sacks on the season, six tackles for loss, and seven quarterback hits. Uh, Fletcher Cox, again, did not appear on the stat sheet last week. He admitted this week he needs to do better. He definitely needs to step up as the guy with the highest cap hit on the team. The supposed defensive superstar, Fletcher Cox, has to play like the guy who's earning the most money on the team he's been invisible and he hasn't been getting double teamed I know I know a number of reporters were were checking up on that he's only been um, he's only been double teamed about half his snaps so this is not a guy who's getting a double team every single time out there he needs to play like one of the best defensive tackles in football not like an invisible ghost And so hopefully he's done caspering out there and he can be mean Fletcher Cox and cause some havoc in the middle of a defensive line along with Javon Hargrave. That should be a killer combination. And right now, Hargrave is the only guy doing anything on that defensive line. Mentioned a minute ago that McCaffrey is doubtful for the game on Sunday afternoon. He has a strained hamstring. He did not play last week against the Cowboys. That is a big big blow for Carolina's offensive hopes. Um, he is their everything guy. McCaffrey is their top runner. He's their top receiver out of the backfield by far. Um, you know, this is an Eagles team that has struggled to stop the run so far this year. So, uh, it, it's a big deal for Christian McCaffrey if he does not play in this game. That would be a huge thing for the Eagles uh, in, in order to give them a real shot uh, against a, against an improving Carolina offense. This is a better offense coming into the season than I think anybody thought. Um, you know, the Eagles pass defense a joke right now. Uh, I thought Jonathan Gannon's comments this week about not having a dime package were moronic. And been, I was thinking about this a little bit too, as as this week rolled along, and we've seen Jonathan Gannon's defense and how he hasn't been able to scheme things up at all. And I know he doesn't have a whole lot of horses on that defense. That's got to be the priority this coming off season with the draft picks and free agency, is to to get this to get this defense some more talent. I mean, there's just not enough athletes. There's just not enough pure athletes out there. And and the guys who are supposed to be making the big plays, like big play Slay. Not making the big plays. Now they, he's not getting torched week in and week out, but nobody on the defense is making plays. Nobody's getting turnovers, and they've been getting gashed the last couple of weeks against good offenses. Listen, the Cowboys and Chiefs have very good offenses, um, but to come out and say we don't have a dime, we don't have a dime package. This was a guy who everybody was talking about. Might be like a one-year-and-gone head coach, because a, dis, a dis assistant coach, because everybody thought he was going to be a head coach. He's some, some rising young talent. I, I'm not seeing it, and I really wonder where that came from. When he'd never been a defensive coordinator before, why was everybody saying that he was going to be such a brilliant defensive coordinator mind and that he might be a head coach after just one year here in Philadelphia? Where did, where did that come from? Why was that a thing? You know, I just, I, I, it felt in my mind a little premature coming into the season, but I just kind of went with it because I figured, well, people know better than I do about Jonathan Gannon. Not impressed so far. And it's not just because of the way the defense is played. His whole dime package comments was really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, trying to jam your own defensive philosophy and not work with the players that you have. Uh, they gave up five touchdowns and one hundred thirty and a 131 passer rating to Patrick Mahomes last week. So... The defense can get gashed by anybody. Um, And and the Panthers have some weapons. They've got wideout DJ Moore, who has emerged as Darnold's favorite target so far this year. In the game last week against the Cowboys, he was targeted 12 times hauled in eight balls for 113 yards and two touchdowns. He now has 30 catches on the season for 398 yards and three touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, their other deep threat. He's had trouble make getting connections uh, with Sam Darnold. They just have not been able to hook up so far this year. Uh, he only has 149 yards on the season thus far just one touchdown and he was targeted 11 times last week only caught 5 of 11 targets for 46 yards. Robbie Anderson had a big year last year with Teddy Bridgewater uh, in Carolina but they've not he's not been able to duplicate that success with Sam Darnold here so far in the early going but uh, Carolina does have some talent at wideout and they could pose some problems for the Eagles cornerbacks because like we saw last week, Eagles cornerbacks—they—they they don't have a dime package. I—I <laughs> I don't know that you know Carolina has uh, has all the talent in the world on offense, but they definitely have some guys who can make some plays. So uh, watch for Darius Slay to be on DJ Moore for for a lot of this game. Uh, looking at the Eagles offense against the Panthers defense, I gotta say the Jalen Hurts season here that we are seeing has been mystifying thus far. Is he having a good year? Or has it been a not-so-good year? I, th- I think the vibe around Jalen Hurts is that he's not the guy. And i got to admit, I have felt that watching him, that he's not the guy. I, I've- I have watched him play, and I have just kind of felt like I didn't see the franchise quarterback there. Uh, I, don't- I feel like he's put up a lot of his numbers in garbage time, and yes, I'm sure that has happened, a lot of his numbers the last couple weeks especially. He has some, some uh, garbage time touchdown drives in each of the last two weeks. Um, one of the notes that uh, uh, Ruben Frank did. Ruben Ruben is the best when it comes to when it comes to stats. Um, he had an, he had a very interesting uh, statistic this week where he says, you know, there's no doubt that. Hertz has run up his stats during garbage time, uh, but it's also interesting to note that in meaningful situations, which he defines as the Eagles either leading or trailing by fewer than eight points, Hertz has completed 68% of his passes for 737 yards and four touchdowns, one interception and a 102.7 passer rating along with 132 rushing yards and a 6.6 rushing average. That's really good. So, I was also amazed looking at his overall numbers this year. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions, a 101.1 quarterback rating, which is 11th in the NFL, but that's slightly better than a few guys you may have heard of. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. All with They all have quarterback ratings over 100, but below Jalen Hurts's 101.1. So has he been better than we think? Has he played like a future franchise quarterback? I mean, you have to think of Jalen Hurts as a guy really in his first year. If when when if Carson Wentz, if this was 2016 and Carson Wentz was putting up those numbers, wouldn't we be excited about that? I think we'd be pretty thrilled about the numbers we're seeing from Carson Wentz. You You look at any young quarterback at the beginning of their career putting up numbers like this, just pure numbers like this, you'd think to yourself— I think we've got a franchise quarterback on our hands here. Some other notes uh, from a a stats column that Ruben Frank did that I thought was really interesting. His 101.1 passer rating is third best in the league among quarterbacks who are under 20, who are 25 and under. Only Kyler Murray's 115, and Kyler Murray's the MVP of the league so far this year, and Joe Burrow at 113.8 are the only quarterbacks 25 and under with a better passer rating than Jalen Hurts. He's only the 12th quarterback ever to register a passer rating of 100 or higher four weeks into a season before his 24th birthday. He has 1,167 passing yards and 226 rushing yards this year, making, this, making him the second quarterback in NFL history with 1,100 passing yards and 200 rushing yards four games into a season. All right, Lamar Jackson was the only other one, and he did that in 2019, his MVP season. And he now has 2584 combined rushing and passing yards in his first 8 starts of his career going back to last year. Only Cam Newton and Pat Mahomes had more total yards in their first 8 starts. So when you start to put some of these numbers together, you start to think to yourself, I think it's possible Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. But then you see him make mistakes. You see him you see him miss open receivers and and we can we can dissect his play and you can see how raw he still is. You can see the mistakes he's still making. And if there wasn't all of these first-round picks that the Eagles were going to have here this year, they could give him time to breathe, right? Jalen Hurts would have time to mature. When, when Carson Wentz was here in his rookie season, it was with the idea that he was going to be your franchise quarterback for at least the next four to five years, if not much longer than that. So he w- there was no time crunch for Carson Wentz to show you what he had. There is a time crunch for Jalen Hurts to show us what he has. And I think that's factoring into our mindset here uh, as far as what we're seeing with Jalen Hurts. And he's not being helped by some of his young receivers. He's not being helped by the play calling of Nick Sirianni. And we're going to get to that in just a second when we get to the running game. He's not being helped by an offensive line that that can't stay healthy. And the offensive line has done an admirable job with Lane Johnson's personal issues, with Mylata's injury uh, last week, with uh, Brandon Brooks going out, with Isaac Sayamalo going out. They've done a remarkable job, those guys have, holding things together with bailing wire and scotch tape. But this has not been an ideal situation for Jalen Hurts to try and prove that he's the franchise quarterback. He knows he's under the clock. He knows that he knows it's ticking, and he's playing with that pressure. I, I'm starting to become more of a believer, and I gotta say, it would be in the Eagles' best interest for Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback. So then, if you do have whether it's two first-round picks and, a, and an extra second or three first-round picks, that you could use those to get quality players to fill out the defense or qual- one quality player for the offense and two for the defense. You could, you could improve this roster in a hurry if you didn't have to devote two or all three of those first-round picks to another quarterback. So Eagles fans should be rooting hard for Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback and for looking for ways to make it so and try to convince themselves. I, don't, I still don't think the Eagles believe he's the guy. And I think that's what it's, I mean, it's obviously what it's going to ultimately come down to, but you look at the numbers and the record doesn't reflect, obviously they have not been, they have not been good in these last two games, but Jalen Hurts played pretty well against the chiefs. He's got to get better inside the red zone, but outside of that, he has done a very good job moving the offense, uh, with the Cowboys game, uh, the, the only exception so far this season. So just a mindset thing. I, I wanted to do a, a quick mind check. Uh, on where we were with Jalen Hurts there, Devontae Smith had his breakout game last week against uh, Kansas City. Seven catches uh, on ten targets for 122 yards. We got to talk about the lack of a running game. Hurts was the leading rusher again last week. Miles Sanders with just nine carries in the last two games. He's too good a player to be ignored like that in the running game. And I, I still wonder is Jeff Lurie and Nick Sirianni's head telling him not to run the ball? Pass, 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 pass. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna you know, moan about the running game too much because the offense actually played really well last week. You, you do what the defense is going to give you, but when you've got a talent like Miles Sanders, you've got to utilize him. Kenny Gainwell has been a more impactful player than Sanders so far this year, but it doesn't really feel like it's the fault of Sanders that it's been Gainwell because Sanders is averaging 4.6 yards a carry. And, Carolina's defense, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They got destroyed by the Dallas running game last week. They gave up 7.2 yards per carry last week to Dallas running backs, 245 yards allowed on the ground. You would think that this if you're going to get to this Panthers defense, running the football would be the way to do it. Uh, they did give up four touchdowns to Dak Prescott and did not record a sack last week. So you could just look at the defense overall and say they just had an overall bad game. They didn't stop the run or the pass last week. It was an aberration. Oh, you know or you know the the Eagles are going to be in for a rougher time because they clearly don't have the weapons that that Dallas does um, Carolina did make some news this week adding cornerback Stefan Gilmore acquired in a trade from the Patriots for a 2023 sixth round pick you're asking how could they get Gilmore for so little the Pats were going to release him later in the day fortunately for the Eagles Gilmore won't play this week against the birds he's more looking for uh the, the Carolinas looking to have him ready for next week uh, but they had to go out and get him when they lost first round pick James A.C. Horn to a broken foot uh, in their win at Houston back on September 23rd. Uh, so Gilmore was the 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He had skipped uh, the Patriots minicamp in June. Uh, he had been complaining about his contract in the offseason. He didn't have a good year last year, just one interception in the pandemic season. He only played in 11 games and missed time because of a COVID-19 diagnosis and a quad injury. So the um, it's still kind of unclear exactly what the what is left in Gilmore's tank, but if he's got something left, it'll make a good Panthers defense. Even better. All right, so the keys to this game, Carolina has to be thinking that they'll have their way with the Eagles' run defense. The Eagles are giving up 150.3 yards per game on the ground. That is second most in the NFL. But of course, McCaffrey looks like he will not be back. So look for Chuba Hubbard, which is just my favorite football name outside of Kenny Gainwell right now, uh, to get the bulk of the work. He ran for more than 80 yards last week. Uh, he'll be the starter if McCaffrey indeed is not able to go. Can the makeshift offensive line do it again this week? against a dominant Panthers defensive line. It looks like uh, Jordan Maialata will be back. Lane Johnson will be out, still dealing with that personal issue. We don't know much more about that. We don't know anything about it. Uh, Sam Allo and Brandon Brooks are still out. So um, Derek Gunn uh, was tweeting out earlier today on Friday that uh, it looks like they're going to have Andre Dillard at left tackle. They're going to keep him in there for a third straight week. Landon Dickerson will move to left guard. You have Jason Kelsey at center. Jack Driscoll will be at right guard and right tackle tackle my will move over and play right tackle so they're going to have my and dillard on the field at the same time my able to play both positions dillard only able to play left tackle of course we remember that last year from that horrible seattle game uh no it was two seasons ago that horrible seattle was it last year i forget now i'm trying to remember there's been so many awful losses to the seattle seahawks that i can't keep them straight in my head uh but remember that game where he he played uh or tried to play right tackle and uh was uh was an absolute disaster um but that's what the offensive line is going to look like this week um and they're going to have the, they're going to have their hands full with, a, with the, I mean the, the kansas city defense is pretty awful the carolina defense will be a much stiffer test for the Eagles on Sunday afternoon. And we'll see if Jeff Stoutland's guys uh, can do it again. They got to keep feeding Devonte Smith and they got to see what they have in Quez Watkins. Forget about Jalen Rager for a while. They keep trying to make Jalen Rager happen. It's not going to happen. Let's see what Quez can do. Quez, I'm, I'm as shocked and surprised as everybody else, but Quez looks like he's the real deal. He's got to get more targets. He's got to get more playing time. Too many targets for Jalen Rager. Not enough targets for Quez Watkins. They've got to, con- the Eagles must convert in the red zone. Hurts in the offense they've been moving the ball well between the tw- between the 20s but when the field gets smaller inside the 20 it gets much harder to play QB in this league and this is one of the areas where Jalen Hurts really needs to utilize his legs the play calling has to be better Nick Sirianni's play calling inside the red zone has been horrible uh you know in this game against the Carolina offense the Eagles probably can get away with field goals more than they could against Kansas City but when you're playing against the high powered offenses, you got to get better in the red zone. Over the last three weeks, they've, the Eagles have converted just 60% of their red zone trips into touchdowns, which is just tied for 20th in the league. With how efficient their offense has been, it's expected they'll put some nice drives together, but uh, they've got to finish those drives with six points and not three points. And speaking of that, Sirianni, you got to get aggressive. What have you got to lose? You're one and three. All right, stop with the cowardly decision making on not to go for it on fourth down, and 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 all of the all of the game management stuff. Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky talked a lot about it on BGN Radio. You go listen to them talk about it. You don't need me to rehash it, but needless to say, Nick Sirianni's game management has not been good. He he looks like he's in over his head. And again, it's just he's had four games under his belt, trying to give trying to be patient with this guy, but underwhelmed, to say the least, so far with Nick Sirianni. And after an opening week in which it looked like he was going to be really aggressive and use those analytics, hasn't been doing that. Hasn't been doing that very much. He, he needs to get aggressive. Really, you, you've got a team that's not expected to go to the postseason. What do you really have to lose? Finally, the penalties. This is the most penalized team in the NFL by far. The Eagles are. They cannot win if this trend continues, and that's the kind of stuff that get coaches fired. When you can't get penalties under control, when you have an undisciplined team on your hands, that's where things really go haywire for a head coach. He's got to get that under control. Some other good news, injury-wise for the Eagles, uh Carolina linebacker Shaq Thompson has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Birds as and left tackle Cameron Irving is in doubt after missing practice this week with a bad neck. So Let's get to the predictions. This is a key game, really, for the Panthers more than the Eagles. They are out to prove that their 3-0 start was no fluke. Um, they, again, played some pretty easy teams in uh, in the Jets and the Saints and the Texans, You know, two of those uh, three, two of those teams, the worst teams in the NFL. Um, they got hammered by the Cowboys last week. If they get beat by the Eagles, everyone's going to say they built their 3-0 record on the backs of weak opponents, and um, they will probably have been Correct to make that assumption. Of course, without Christian McCaffrey, their best player, you know, the jury is still out on that. You can't lose a guy who's as dominant, as perennial an MVP candidate as McCaffrey is, and just expect to, you know, keep on whistling down the road and everything to be fine. So, this is a key game for the Panthers in order to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. I'm still not a believer in in the Carolina Panthers. I I was encouraged by the Eagles' offense last week against a bad KC defense, no doubt about it. The Eagles' defense worries me, but I'm just not. I'm looking at this quarterback matchup, and I like Jalen Hurts' chances against Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's going to have a rough game against the Eagles. I think this is a I think this is a get right game for the Birds defense. Uh, I think they're able to hold Carolina out of the end zone for the majority of the game. I, I think uh, you'll see a bunch of field goals by by the Panthers, but uh, I think this actually could be a relatively comfortable win for the Eagles. So I'm going to say. Birds 27, Panthers 16 in this game. I think a a pretty comfortable win for the Eagles as they go into Carolina and and beat a Panthers team that will be without their best player with a quarterback that I frankly just do not believe in. And so, folks, that'll do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And don't forget to continue to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every day for all the latest news, rumors, and notes. And we'll get you all set for this Sunday afternoon's game against the Panthers. And uh, I mentioned BGN Radio just a minute ago. Check out all of the great Eagles podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Tell your friends about us. We're at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the enemy. P-G-N.